Well, hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Read the Bible, a podcast where we go through the Bible book by book in a way that is deep, but also easy to understand. If you would like to follow along, you can download the YouVersion Bible app and subscribe to the Solid Life Whole Bible Reading Plan. There's also physical Bible reading plans available in the church lobby every Sunday. Yeah, and with that, every single uh, time we do this podcast, we tell you to email your questions in. We just did a Q&A episode that released this last week. Um, it's our second month of doing it, and honestly, we love it. Um, so email your questions to info at grove.church. Post them on our Facebook wall. We just want to hear from you. We want to answer questions. It's one of our favorite things to do. We're slowly finding out as we've done two of them now. Um, and we just, some of you have asked some really good questions. That's actually caused us to go deeper into not only our knowledge of the Bible, but also um, it's kind of enriched our faith a little bit more as well. So please send your questions in info at grove.church, our Facebook wall, Instagram, whatever you want, just get your questions into us. Yeah. It's super fun to be able to uh, go through the Bible together. Um, and so with that being said, it's interesting. When we were meeting about this episode, we realized that all of the passages this week, all of the books were really dealing with this overarching idea of the law. And so our theme for today is really talking about the law. What does it mean? And we'll kind of, you'll, you'll see as we work our way through the passages, how this begins to apply. So Connor, why don't you take it away with the book of Exodus? Yeah. Before I do that, I pitched the idea to call this episode law and order, but that actually has done done. Yeah. That has obvious copyright infringement implications. So I don't know what we're going to title it. Probably the law episode, something like that. The law special. But you know, we decided we're going to throw it all the way back to the beginning um, of when the law was given. So real quick context, we see in Exodus, um, Moses, he rose up and he led the people out of Egypt. He part of the Red Seas. The Red Seas came crashing down uh, on the Egyptians that were chasing them. And then from there, they were going to um, the promised land. Now, where we find the Israelites now is Exodus chapter 20. And um, excuse me, I'm actually going to say Exodus chapter 19. Chapter 19, they arrived at Mount Sinai. We are very familiar in the church world with Mount Sinai. If you're newer, Mount Sinai is where um, the Ten Commandments were given to Moses. Um, A lot of us probably saw the movie, The Ten Commandments, back in the day with Charlton Heston. Good old Charlie. Good old Charlie. And he's looking great in his beard. And this chapter, Exodus chapter 20, is where God speaks to Moses and the Ten Commandments are written. And we see this. Um, we, we see that in, in verse one, it says, the, then the Lord God gave the people all of these instructions. First things first, in the Old Testament, sometimes we view God as distant and angry. Like God is literally giving Moses instruction for his people, that, that God cares for his people. He didn't just you know free them and let them wander. He then said, hey, how are you going to be able to win a game if you don't know the rules? So I'm going to give you boundaries. I'm going to give you a set of rules, not to constrict you, but really to help free you up because you know what you should be doing. I mean, how many of us know that if you just rose, you know, raised up a child that had no boundaries, that had, you know, no concept of right or wrong, it probably wouldn't go well. And that's what God is doing with Moses here. He is saying, hey, Moses, here are some rules. If you are going to be my people, this is how you're going to honor me. And we're going to just go through the list. The first one is, um, you know, you must have no other God before me. He's saying, I need you to value my place in your life. The second one, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind. 
Why? Because I'm your God. He goes on to say, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Meaning, hey, don't blaspheme me. Do not take my name in vain. Another one, remember to observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. He's telling the the Israelites, hey, you need to take a day of rest. I was in Israel um, in 2015. And on the Sabbath, their actual word for it is Shabbat. And it's, it's on Saturdays. And it's, it's crazy because on this day, they still observe this. It's, it's very beautiful, actually, if you see it. Um, and they have these um, elevators that um, are literally called Shabbat elevators or Shabbat evaders is what we called them when we were in <laughs> Israel. And it literally, they, they, they take this law so strictly that it stops at every single floor because they believe you know, clicking a button would be dishonoring on the Sabbath. And and that's something that maybe we can, you know, laugh at and, and, and poke fun at. But the reality is the law was something that was to be observed and it was something to be um, honored and, and cherished. And, and we still see that today. And, he, you know, it goes on and, and it says, uh, and maybe if we have any students listening out here, um, let's just pause here. Honor your father and mother. <laughs> And it goes on to say this, we, we hear honor your father and mother, but so often we don't read beyond it. It says, then you will live a long and full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Like, man, I think some students need to hear that. I was actually having a conversation with a student this last week. He's having problems with his parents and, and not, not to be rude or anything. I was like, dude, you got to honor your parents. He was like, well, yeah, I know the Ten Commandments. I was like, do you know why? Like, it's not just honoring our parents to honor them. It's literally like, dude, like it's a promise in the Bible that you're going to live a full life. And it's not talking a long life, but I think it really just instills in us like this, this way of honoring. It, it kind of makes life not about yourself. You're going to get further in life uh, if you're honoring those who are in authority over you than if you're not. Exactly. That's kind of the way it works. Exactly, exactly. And then there's a few other ones that are kind of like no-brainer statements. It, it goes kind of from the spiritual nature to honoring parents, and then it goes to like, hey, rules for every day, right? You shouldn't murder somebody. Always a good rule to live Very by. good rule. Um, the next one, you shouldn't commit adultery. Don't cheat on your spouse, okay? Another one, um, you shouldn't steal. You must not steal. Um, you must not testify falsely against your neighbor and, uh, you must not covet your neighbor's house, meaning you shouldn't be envious of other people. And, you know, I think it's just, I think it's interesting that we've kind of taken these laws and we've separated it from the new Testament where it's like, well, the 10 commandments that was for the old Testament, but now we live, you know, in this new covenant with Jesus's grace and everything. Like none of these things are bad. These are, all, the, these are all things that Jesus himself preached at one time or another. Well, as well, I think it's interesting outside of like obviously the spiritual ones, but like five of them, um, if if I counted right, one, one, two, three, four, five, five of these things are like what most government is based off of. Like, don't murder somebody, don't steal. Like, possession is what nine tenths of the law is what they say. Sure, you know, like. Don't commit adultery. Like that, that's something that will cause a lot of issues for you. But for some reason, we have separated the Ten Commandments from who God is now. But if we remind ourselves, the Bible says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what this means is that 
the law is not negated. The law was fulfilled through Jesus. We see that in John 3, 17. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with this, um, even in the New Testament, we hear um, phrases that say, like, the law was written on our hearts. And it's just a good reminder that these still apply. Obviously, it looks a little bit different of how forgiveness is given. But when we say, oh, you're so law-driven or you're so under the law, like, people, we're still under the law because the law was never blown away. It was never taken away. The law was fulfilled, and now it's written on our hearts. Yeah, the law is no longer about our justification, um, but – and this is where it can get a little bit complicated, and we're going to get into a little bit more of the law uh, later into the episode, but – there's law that is specifically setting aside the Jewish people at that time. And in the New Testament, what we see is that God kind of wipes away law. That. So think of dietary laws, uh, customs like that. And then there's law that reveals the character of God and calls us to be like God in those ways. Or in other words, our view of morality, our view of what's right, should line up with who God is. And just taking the Ten Commandments by themselves for a moment, even ignoring the rest of the law that we'll get into, if you follow those ten things, you will lead a much happier life than if you don't. Like if you live your life, uh, especially not murdering, always a good idea to not do that. But solid point. Imagine living your life with such intentionality that you say to yourself, "I am never." going to be envious of what other people have. I'm never going to be envious of their lots of life. When friends succeed at work over you, I'm not going to be bitter about that. When people have things I want, I'm not going to be bitter about that. Imagine how much more fulfilled and how much more Christ-honoring your life would be if you just got rid of that. And I think that's one of those laws that we ignore. Because yeah. we can say, like, dude, I'm doing really well with murder. Haven't murdered anyone. Like, <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> not struggling with murder at all. And it's like, well, how's yeah. envy? Like, oh, well, I mean, was, you know, it's just, one, it's just one of those things. Yeah. I can honestly say that I am going 100%. I've never murdered somebody. Way to go, man. So I'm holding that one pretty well. But um, also, I mean, I want us to keep this in mind um, as we move on to Romans in a little bit. So this is a little precursor to what we're going to talk about. This was the law. And then we have the Levitical law, which are we in Le- Leviticus this week or are we starting next uh, week? I believe two weeks we two start weeks. Leviticus. Okay. In two weeks, we're going to get into Le- Leviticus. And that is where things got messy with the New Testament when Jesus is talking about these people, um, especially in the sense of like Jesus healing people on the Sabbath. You know, the, this was where it was said, hey, don't do it. Exodus 20, the people were like, hey, um, like weren't supposed to honor the Sabbath. And Jesus comes back, and, and I'm getting a little bit ahead, and he's like, if your sheep fell in a hole on the Sabbath, wouldn't you pull it out? Because it's not really work. You're saving a life. And and it's just interesting to remember that the Pharisees, they saw the law, and then they almost put a fence around the law, and they said, don't cross this, because then you would get closer to the edge. And I mean, it got to a point where if you drug a chair across the ground, um, and I'm not even joking, and, and, and soil would move it would be considered tilling the soil on the Sabbath and then you could have consequences through the law. Yeah. And the basic idea there, and we need to move on to uh, to Psalm 119 here in a second, but it's always dangerous to add more to the Bible than what it says. And so the, the, the best example is with the Sabbath because we see it all throughout Jesus' ministry where God essentially establishes for one day out of the week, don't work. 
And that day is about me. That day is about thinking about God. It's about worshiping him. Uh, for Jews, it was going to synagogue. For us today, it's going to church. It's remembering who Christ is. Set aside that day. And then you see with the Pharisees creating a bunch of extra rules that the Bible never talks about. And for us today, we can even do that. We can mm-hmm. take what the Bible says. We can add a bunch of extra rules to it because we want to feel like we're saving ourselves. We want to feel like we're better. Um, and I would just caution everyone, don't add to what the Bible says. Follow mm-hmm. the scripture. Follow the word of God. Don't follow what your own, I guess, individual Intu- yeah. interpretation of it is. Yep. Moving on to Psalm 119. Chronologically, we're moving forward a few hundred years now. Um, and one of the things that we, we were talking about that's really interesting is when all throughout the psalm, we hear them praise the word of God. We hear them praise the law. We hear them praise all these different things. And we often think of today, you know, when today we talk about the word of God, we have the whole Bible in mind. So we have the first five books of the Bible, which are the law. We have Old Testament history. We have the prophetic books, the wisdom books, the gospels, the epistles, revelate all these different things in our heads. When the psalmists are talking about the word of God, they're specifically referring to uh, the first five books of the Bible. They're referring to the law because at the time, it's all they had. Yeah, And so I think it's really easy for us um, to get caught up with like, man, God, I just love your word. I love the message of Jesus. And here's the thing. Jesus is the best. It's the culmination of the whole Bible. It's the climax of the story. Um, But we also need to appreciate all the other parts of the Bible as well. When we get to Psalm 119, it is the longest chapter in the Bible. Um, Also, fun fact, Psalm 117 is the shortest chapter of the Bible, so almost right next to each other. But uh, I think it's only like a verse or two. It's really short. Well, I think they wanted balance. Sure. Yeah. I like that. Sometimes when it I want to read joy, when I want to read 12 books in a year, I'll read a 400 pager and then I'll read like an 80 pager to balance it out, you know, make it, make me myself feel more average wise. You're like at 240 pages. Exactly. So that's how, see, that's how I view it too. Uh, but in this Psalm, what I love about 119 is that it celebrates the gift of of the law. And just to read a few verses here in Psalm 119 verses 9 through 16 it says this, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? With my whole heart I seek you, let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will mediate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. And what the psalmist is talking about there is how much he loves the rules. And it's it's so interesting to me that we we so often can see the law as this thing that needs to be overcome. When and what they're seeing as is it's a gift. What a gift it is. For God to come down and show us what is the best way to live life. What a gift it is for God to come down and say, if you want to live a full life, if you want to live a morally upright life, here is how you can do it. Today, we can view the law as a bad thing, but it really is the grace of God to show us what is good and what is evil. And we're going to jump into Romans and Matthew here in a little bit, but one helpful way I've always I've always heard it is that the law is kind of like a diagnosis. The law helps us see that we need Jesus. The law helps us see that we are fallen. And then the prognosis, or in other words, what to do in light of that diagnosis is 
Jesus. Yeah. And we're really actually going to hop into that in Romans chapter seven. But I I mean, Psalms 119, 11 was something that I really, I honestly, I, I memorized as a kid and it's funny how, and, and it's kind of embarrassing. I, it wasn't until literally right now as I'm speaking. And so this is completely off the cuff. I don't have any notes. When I memorized Psalms 119.11. It says, I've stored your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. In my mind, it was talking about the Bible, the 66 books. But it's kind of funny as you like go d- deep dive into it. And, and obviously, I always say, you know, know your context, know what you're reading. I don't think I ever paid attention to the context of what this was being written in. And as we were talking earlier, it's like, man, like, like we hear David say how much he loves the law or how much he loves the word of God, but he's talking about the law. And really kind of what I just mentioned earlier is that the law isn't gone because Jesus died for us. The law is now written on our hearts and it's not negated because of what Jesus did. Jesus didn't abolish the law. He fulfilled the law. And I think it's just a good reminder that, you know, when we're, when we're really memorizing these verses um, and not saying that hiding, you know, the new Testament in our heart is bad. I'm not saying that at all, but when it says like, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's not even talking about anything in light of the new Testament. Mm-mm. And it's just, it's a good reminder to to know that the old Testament is still applicable and it is still valuable in the law, the 10 commandments, they are still valuable to us today. And with that, um, we're going to go um, actually to Romans chapter seven. Um, this is um, kind of just a continuation of talking about the law. Um, Romans chapter seven is broken up into three different sections. Uh, the first one is how we were freed from the law. The second one is sin's advantage in the law. And then um, the the last section is that law cannot save us from sin. And, you know, I, I think it's just, it's really interesting that that Paul takes time out of his, um, just his, his narrative of Romans, um, Romans, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. We are, we are experiencing Romans, uh, four through 10 today. And what I love about this is that, you know, we see Paul in, in this, this book was written. It's obviously not the, well, maybe not. It's not his first book he's written. He's written other letters and stuff. This is, um, something that a lot of people believe was towards the end of his life, um, so he's had a lot of time to reflect and think about his transformation and his way of thinking because Paul, he wasn't just somebody who wanted to go out and kill Christians in the beginning. Um, he was actually a Jewish, like, like religious leader. And that's why he wanted to do it because he thought that these Christians were actually impeding the law. And, and he was like, there's this guy named Jesus and he's trying to, you know, basically be a false teacher. We need to kill all of his followers, which whatever. I mean, I, for me, that kind of violates the 10 commandments, but I guess if you're doing it in the name of God, it's okay. I don't know. (laughs) But, um, Romans seven, it's, it's an interesting just passage. And, and Paul, he's, he says in verse, uh, verse six, he says, but now we have been released from the law for we died to it and are no longer captives to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. Now, when we read this, we think, oh man, um, 
we don't have to follow the Ten Commandments anymore. What Paul is writing, he's not writing about God's law. He's writing about the laws that men created around the law. Uh, a lot of people, like I mentioned earlier, would they would create rules and regulations that um, if it basically it's to stop you from reaching a point. It'd basically be like I went to the Grand Canyon a couple years ago, and there's a fence that you know basically it's like don't cross this line because you're gonna fall to your death. And it basically so let's picture the Grand Canyon as the law. There's the fence around or the Grand Canyon as sin. The fence around the Grand Canyon is the law. But basically what the Pharisees were doing was they were putting another fence before the fence and saying, hey, don't cross this fence because then you're going to get up to this fence that could lead you to death. And it's it's just an understanding of when Paul is reading this or when Paul is writing this, he's not saying, hey, you're freed from the Ten Commandments. No, those have been written on our heart by the Holy Spirit. What he's saying is this is ridiculous. You can't even move a chair on the Sabbath or you're going to get punished. He's saying you're free from that law. And the law of God is now written on your heart. And then he goes on to to continue to say, you know, what was the law good for? The law was good for pointing out our sin. The law was good for revealing our sin. The law was never meant to save us from our sin. It was basically like a scoreboard or or the rules of a game. Like, hey, this is how you play. And you know you're not playing well if you're not hitting these 10 things. And this is what Paul is saying. He goes, the law could never save us. The law could merely only point out the fact that we needed saving and then he goes on to the end and he's talking about how the law can't save us from sin and, and, and sin's advantage in the law. And, and I think it's just a good reminder as we do read this, it's to remind ourselves that the law that Paul is talking about is not the Ten Commandments. It is the, the religious law of the day that was basically putting up fences before you get to fences before you fell into sin. And one of the last things we want to talk about today as we, uh, as we wrap up is the book of Matthew. And so uh, we actually have, we're through chapter 27 uh, this week, but we're actually just going to finish up Matthew. We have one chapter next week, so we're just going to kind of lump that in with this week's readings. And for our final talk about the law today, Matthew is a book that's written to show that Jesus is king and that he has fulfilled the law. Um, if you'll remember from when we introduced the book, Matthew is written to a Jewish audience. And you can kind of see um, when you're looking through the book how obvious that is. For instance, Matthew has a ton of asides that a lot of the other gospels don't have where it says, Jesus did blank, and he did this to fulfill the prophecy that we find in Jeremiah or we find in Micah, all these different things. And so when you're reading Matthew, those can seem like really weird asides. But then when you look back through the Old Testament, what you're seeing is, is that Matthew is showing the Jews of that day, the first century Jews, that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of these messianic prophecies that we have. And I think that the most fitting way uh, to end today's podcast and to really end our discussion on the book of Matthew as well is just to read the last four verses of the entire book. And at this point, and it was kind of a bummer because we didn't read this when we finished up the book of, book of Luke. So I do want to make sure that we we hit this with this, especially one of the gospels that we're reading. But Jesus has died. He's risen again. He's been with the disciples for some time now. All of those different stories of you know doubting Thomas, those different things, they've happened. And now Jesus is getting ready to ascend back to heaven. The Holy Spirit's going to come. We're about to start uh, the book of Acts. Obviously, we've already started reading it, but uh, as far as the timeline goes, we're going through that. 
And Jesus has these final words to say to all of those who are gathered around him. In Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, he says this, Or now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And I I love the fact that the Gospels end with Jesus telling us to go. And I think one of the the mistakes that we can fall into— and especially, I think, even with the Pharisees, what you see is they're so focused on personal holiness, they're so focused on the law, that they don't care about reaching people. Yeah. Um, and I think for us today, we can be so focused on our own uh, rules that we make up in addition to what the Bible says. We can be so focused on wanting to judge others. We can be so focused on wanting to appear the best that, we, that we've lost our heart to go into all the world and preach the good news and make disciples. We've lost um, really our passion. And this passage is called the Great Commission. Um, We've lost our passion for really the mission that Jesus gives all Christians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, it's true. And, and it's always a good reminder to like almost read this, you know, every single week, every single day, whatever it's our mission. I mean, we were we were commanded by Jesus Christ to go and make disciples of all nations. And I think it's just interesting. Like, we've all heard the stories of people coming to church and, you know, you, you got cigarette butts in the parking lot and beer cans in the trash can. Like, like I think that's something Jesus would celebrate. And, and I think it's something that, that we as Christians, we need to be understanding of, man, like, when you do this, like say goodbye to your clean clothes because it's time to get dirty. It's time to get into the muck that people are going through and doing life with people because discipleship, what Jesus commands us to do, he doesn't just say convert people. He doesn't say go preach my gospel so people can become Christians. He's saying make disciples. He's not saying have revival and really he he is in a sense, but he's not saying like that's not the goal. The goal is discipleship. And discipleship is not a one-time thing. Discipleship is a process. And you know what? It means getting down on people's levels and encouraging them in their in the midst of their hardest moments. It's it's encouraging the person that cusses like a sailor or that that what's the phrase drinks like a fish or smokes like a chimney? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's getting into their world and not stepping back and saying, well, you know, if I associate myself with them, what is that going to say about me? You know what it says about you is that you are chasing after what Jesus had called you to do. Yeah, Jesus ministered to tax collectors. He ministered to prostitutes. He ministered to the lowest of the low. He ministered to sinners. And even to the point where we see in the Gospels, they'll, it's like, Jesus, did you know that this person's – and Jesus is like, well, yeah, I came for the mm-hmm. sick. I didn't come for the well. Yeah. Um, and as Christians, we're called to have the same attitude. Yeah. And it's funny. We, we see – I think – I could be getting this wrong, so I don't want to like say definite. I think it's when he's talking with Zacchaeus. Um, it says leaders of the religious law were murmuring amongst themselves. <laughs> and it's like, man, I pray to God that I have religious hypocrites murmuring about the people that I'm bringing to church. That's, I think that's awesome. Well, that wraps it up for 
another week of the Let's Read the Bible podcast. We are a podcast of the Grove Church, but we are not the only podcast of the Grove Church. You can find all of our other podcasts and resources at our website at grove.church. And just a real quick aside, if you are digging this podcast, if you've been listening to it, do us a favor, leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to. It really helps us out. It helps us get the word out there a little bit more. And if you have friends who are going along with the Bible reading plan, if you have friends who you think would enjoy uh, just having people come alongside as they're reading the Bible to help out, uh, let them know. Help spread the podcast through the word of mouth. We will see you all next week.